Hey folks, another good podcast here with Donna Myler. Um Donna and I went to school together in De La Salle and um he he always knew he was going to be a jockey. I, I remember one day we were couldn't even tell you, maybe like second year, third year, and um two of us went on the dock and uh we were in the park and I was just chatting and like I don't know how it came up but Donna like he already knew he was going to be a jockey like there was no other option for him um or no other agenda or plan for him so um just interested to to see his kind of mindset and getting inside of a jockey um he's obviously national hunt jockey um riding for some of the top trainers around the country um rode in england for a while as well um just interested to see their their thought like his story and and how he progresses as as a apprentice jockey, um, and the mindset in that sport, um, obviously such a brutal sport, like you know, and Donna, Donna is lucky enough he he didn't get hit with too many injuries, and please God he doesn't, in the near future. But um, obviously, notorious Ruby Walsh has been injured a couple of times and been through the mill. So um, just interested interested to see like how their recovery is, and uh, rehab and what what facilities are there um obviously donna goes on to say as a great doctor in the sport and um sanctuary sports clinic is is there as well so so top top facilities um yeah but donna goes on to give insights to everything um obviously riding for the best and with the best and then also meeting some top owners and and things like that so uh, i really enjoyed this podcast with donna he's a real down to our uh, guy you never really changed from from the days I knew him in De La Salle, so um, yeah, enjoy. Okay, on today's episode of Difficult Conversations, we have jockey Donna Myler. Uh, Donna, thanks for taking the time to come on. Um, for those who don't know you as well, could you tell us a little about yourself, Donna, and why you agreed to come on to this podcast? Thanks, Shane. Yeah, so, yeah, obviously, my name is Donna Myler. Um, a national hunt jockey, and sure, look, I was happy to come on, share, uh, share my thoughts and experiences, and sure, look, hopefully it might help someone along the way. 100%, 100%. Um, yeah, you were very positive about coming on, so that's great. Um, just to get you started off, uh, this podcast is obviously about men and men's mental health. Um, just a question I ask everyone is, what is your opinion on stigmas such as real men don't cry or be a real man? Yeah, um, I don't know. Look at it, you could say it's kind of a thing of the past now, um, kind of stigma and it's real men don't cry. Maybe a couple of years ago, you could say, um, it was a real big thing, but sure, in the last couple of years, a lot of celebrities, uh, such as Brezzi, I suppose, kind of um, came forward and opened up uh, about men's mental health. And um, obviously the whole Caroline Flack thing, a lot of people came out after that and yeah. on um, men's mental health as well. So um, I think it's a thing of the past, really, and, uh, and uh, I'm glad it is. What what's it like actually in the in the jockey realm? Has it changed even since you started off as an apprentice to how it is now? Has the mindset changed around mental health in there? Um, yeah, sure. Look at, I suppose um, uh, it has it has. Look at every the whole the whole uh, world. You could say is kind of revolving 
um, the last couple of years are kind of it's it's kind of a thing of the past. So I don't think like in every shape or form it's kind of a thing of the past. So it's it's a good thing it is. Hundred percent. I don't know. I remember um, the two of us in De La Salle, and I, I don't think we had much emphasis on uh, education or going to classes. You knew you were going to be a jockey back then. I remember you saying so. Um, could you tell us a little about your sporting progression from a young apprentice jockey to becoming a Galway plate winner and riding with the best for the best? Yeah, I suppose uh, De La Salle spent a lot of the time uh, walking around the corridors and outside the door is a little bit of a blackguard. But look at from the word get go, I knew I was going to be a jockey and I always wanted to be a jockey. And um, from from the moment I knew I was going to be a jockey, I just the thing was to get out of school and um, <laughs> I just uh, spent more time blackguarding there than, than, than learning. So uh, I think my mother called it a day and knew what I was at in, in, in school. So uh, then I went to England and um, uh, sure, I suppose I had to grow up pretty fast then. There was no mammy's dinners or, mm-hmm. or washing been done for me back then. So I kind of had to grow up really fast. Um, I spent a year over there and uh, came back. Um, I think I was only 17 when I was coming back and um Went to where did I go to? I went to Noel Meads from there and I learned loads and got loads of experience. And from there, I went to Tony Martin's and kind of things really took off. And I went there, rode a lot of winners. I lost lost my claim there and I rode big winners, big winners farms such as the Paddy Power on Annabelle Fly and mm-hmm. and lost my claim on a on a, a horse of Tony's. Uh, on a, the Midlands National so look at I learned lots lots there and I got on really well and from there um I kind of brings me up to date as a freelance jockey and riding for really good people with a lot of good people around me so um yeah that kind of brings me up to date Shane. 100% and um, you were 16 going to England Donna how was that for you as a, as a young kid obviously as you said no mammy's dinners or anything how did you how did you feel over there? Um, yeah, sure. Look, at it. I was only a kid going over and as I said, I had to grow up pretty fast, but um, I did that and I learned plenty and I thought it stood to me a lot in due course because look at that age of 16, I was, I was living away from home and um, I, I, look, at it, I think it stood me in due course in the end. I was, uh, I, I kind of never really moved home since, but uh, yeah, I think it stood me in, in good stead. Was that your foundation for success in the future then? Uh, I wouldn't say it, it was it was a lot to, it was a lot to do with obviously uh, I, as I said it it, uh, it made me grow up pretty fast and um, I learned learned a lot about life order as well um, but as I said I learned a lot um, with Tony Martin and he was probably things kind of rocketed from there I suppose. 100%. I've done a horse race in a sport that requires body weight control, diet, hard work. Um, how do you keep mentally and physically fit for this sport? Um, well, I'm pretty, pretty, um, pretty lucky that way. My, my weight is good. I'm light. Um, I, I like taking care of myself anyway from, from an early age, say, uh, be in the gym a lot and I like like to look after and what I eat. Um, the current friend is a good chef, so so uh, 
that's not too bad. She likes to eat healthy as well. So um, I'm lucky that way. Yeah. 100%. Uh, just dehydration for a lot of jockeys obviously might not be an issue for yourself if you're naturally fit or in good shape or a, a lightweight jockey anyway. But dehydration and the horse racing industry are two connotations that just go together. Um, how hard is it to keep weight down and avoid the use of saunas for making weight? Um, I think I think every jockey gets in the sauna anyway. Um, I don't think I don't think it's a problem really as such. Um, look at every 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 jockey is kind of going to have to go in there at some point in their life and and shed a pound or two and. Uh, I don't think uh, it's really a problem as kind of we just grew up that way and um, it'd be hard to look anywhere else, you know. I know um, their, their saunas, the saunas aren't in working order these days with due to the COVID, but uh, um, yeah, I don't see, I don't really see life without a sauna, you know, that kind of way. Um, you're always going to have to shed a pound or two and I don't see it as a problem. Does it affect any jockeys when they're riding then if they're slightly dehydrated or? Um, it's hard to the lead up. Um, the lead up is probably the worst of it. But when you're actually on the horse, the adrenaline kicks in and you're only up on the horse maybe five, five minutes at max. So kind of adrenaline takes over then and uh, not really. Maybe you mightn't be thinking as quick then a lad not wasting and fully hydrated but uh, when the adrenaline kicks in and when you're racing down to hurdles uh, there's not really much time to think about thirst or you being hungry or anything like that 100% and when you're up that high and jumping hurdles um, Donna your first big win would it be fair to say it was Annabelle Floy? Uh, definitely yeah um, he was a great horse he went on to being placed in gold cups um, and to ride a big winner like that for such a prestige or such prestige colours and JP McManus was unbelievable mm-hmm. um, I suppose another another winner when I was a claimer I suppose was the Galway Plate and uh, also in really good prestige colours in, in Gigastown and um, yeah they were probably two of my biggest winners um, t- to date yeah, I remember the Galway play under Lord Scoundrel, but you were you were set to ride Road to Riches and Noel Mead took it on you. Yeah, um I I so long ago now, Shane, I can't really remember, but I, I was supposed to be riding Roads to Riches and uh Brian Cooper was stable jockey to them at the time mm-hmm. and I think he switched last minute or I don't know, was he injured and he came back and wanted to ride Roads to Riches. So I kinda was thought I was getting the raw deal in riding Lord Scoundrel, but uh, that wasn't that wasn't the case. What's it like when it just clicks on the day? Obviously, you, you probably didn't fancy your chances too much. What? How does it just click on the day? You just know, right? This horse is running well. I'm moving well here. Yeah, look at. I suppose uh, once you're in a good rhythm, the horse has to be jumping well for you, and uh, uh, look at you kind of know say. Four, four jumps out or four furlongs out that the horse is still travelling and he's in, still in with a place chance and sure you jump obviously you have to get over the last and when you get over the last you, you kind of know a lot more from there on but um, yeah it's a, I suppose a lot to do with the way the, way the horse um, jumps and travels through the race 
What age were you then, uh, Donna, to have such a big win at Lord's Scoundrel? You even look young in the photos, uh, yourself and Gordon Elliott there. Yeah, little baby face on me. Uh, I'd say I think I was I think I was eighteen, Shane. Um, don't quote me on it now, but I think I think I was eighteen. Yeah. Um, another big win you had, blow by blow, uh, over in Cheltenham. What's it like getting a Cheltenham winner? Ah, oh, sure. Look at I grew up, grew up dreaming of them things. It was unbelievable. Um, I was actually supposed to ride a different horse that day too, and uh, the horse got injured in the run up to the race and um yeah it got put on blow by blow and it didn't it ended up clicking for uh gordon as well and the same same connections what's it so, like? uh, i had a little bit of look at i had a little bit of look at gordon in the past what's it like coming up the hill uh sorry Gordon. what's it like coming up the hill just you know you're you're in here with a good chance and the, the crowd are screaming you home yeah it was unbelievable uh gordon said that to me Gordon said to me that day, drop in fourth or fifth, and I went down to the first, and I was leading, and I said, you know, Jesus, if I get that on this horse now, he's going to pull me off the horse. But uh, going down to the last, I was just praying that he'd stay in front, that I wouldn't get a box off Gordon, and I got down off the horse. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? What? Also, on the contrary, uh, what's what's it like when you when you don't come home on a winner on a good horse like on what was said to be a, a good winner for you what what's that feeling like when you do you feel just dejected or how how do you bounce back from yeah you feel, yeah look at you feel dejected you feel low but uh i'm lucky enough these days i'm going racing with two three or four four rides and you're kind of onto the next one you can't dwell on it too much um because the horse senses them kind of things too. If you're negative going down to your hurdles or if you're negative getting up on the horse, um, they can sense them things too. So look at you kind of have to leave them behind, behind you and uh, maybe dwell on them when you get home. Just keep positive, keep going. Yeah, you have to keep positive. Um, it's, a, it's a game of positivity and I suppose, I suppose it has a snowball effect when, when you're going well, things are going well. And uh, when you're when you're negative, uh, things things are going bad. So you have to stay positive. Much spent. Um, for injuries and, and things like that in in horse racing, obviously it's so result and um, form orientated. How how do you bounce back from injuries? Um, yeah, touch wood. No, I I haven't got too many injuries. But look at the doctors are great and. We have the USA uh, Sanctuary Sports Clinic. So um, all them things are a big benefit to us. Um, so look, obviously I have a lot of positive people around me as well, uh, friends and family. So you kind of, as I keep touching back on, I suppose you have to stay positive during the negative times. 100%. Uh, Donna, just such a young jockey, uh, Lord Scoundrel, Annabel Fly, uh, Road to Riches, still quite young when you're crossing the line on these winners. How do you how do you cope with the pressures being in the public eye for, for such a young jockey? What what coping mechanisms do you use? Yeah, look, at I only have a few people to keep happy and that's, I suppose, when I'm on the horses, that's my, um, that's the owners and the trainers and sponsors and obviously like to keep the family happy as well but um once i do that uh i'm in a good place um i suppose you can get a lot of hate on 
on the internet. I, I had to delete my Twitter account in the past. And yeah. um, I suppose when mo- when money is involved, I suppose people turn turn nasty. But mm-hmm. look at horses. Horses do get bit, and they, they're only animals at the end of the day. They're not machines. Yeah. So look at. Yeah. I, I see you touched on there. Donald, gambling is a big aspect of horse racing. Um, have you seen the mentality of gambling change over previous years? Yeah, to be honest with you, Shane, it's something that I try not get involved in. I never have. Uh, I don't back horses or don't bet horses. And yeah. uh, I, I try to stay out of that kind of that circle. Uh, it's not it's not something that I try try uh, get, in, get into. 100%. Uh, <laughs> How, how frustrating you can be you can be called you can be called a lot of names when you give a give a horse there and he, he's bet you know that kind of way <laughs> i done a lot of Cheltenham preview nights there and i've been called a lot of names <laughs> <laughs> and as you said they're they're animals and you're only human so like uh, even ruby will be on the biggest certs that you know air quotes search and could just fall just as easy you know yeah, sure. Look at Ronaldo or any of them big soccer players can go out and have a ha, have a bad day at the office. TJ Reid can go out and have a bad day at the office. They're only humans, and they're they're only animals. Um, so things can go wrong along the way. Hundred percent. Don't know what what gives you the most joy in life. Uh, look at from an early age, I wanted to be a jockey. Uh, I am a jockey now, and to ride winners. It's just unbelievable, right? Big winners and try find the next superstar, try throw my leg over the next superstar. And I suppose when I'm not racing, I love sport. I love going watching hurling matches and I love spending time with my fr- my friends and my family. Just um, in a sport, again, just touching on the injuries. Um, how, how do, I know you haven't had many, but, you know, uh, Recovery is both physical and mental. Um, is there any infrastructure within the sport for helping injured jockeys come back both physically and mentally strong? Yeah, sure. Obviously, there's an injured jockeys fund there for us, so yeah. um, that that's a big help and um, keep us above water, keep the bread and butter on the table. Um, <laughs> but obviously, then as I touched on, there's the sports center, or the Century Sports Clinic, and also then there's a gym in uh, Kildare, which is um there's PT there. So look at there's every every everyone's out to to do well. The doctors are very good to us. Dr. Jennifer Pugh, she'd uh, she'd bend over backwards for you. So um uh, to have them great people and them great businesses around um is is fantastic. The, it makes life a lot easier for us. Yeah, no doubt. Um the Century Sports Clinic, how good is that? Um, I've been up there only once, thank God. I got n- knocked out in the summer, so uh, I had to do concussion tests there. So, um, yeah, it's an unbelievable spot. Um, they have every every kind of machine up there, and um, yeah, we're very lucky to have it. Don't know what's it like being so young, meeting so so many high end uh, people within the sport. Um, you know, Gordon Elliott, Noel Mead, Willie Mullins, I even read there you were with uh, Lee Westwood at one point. Um, how do you keep your cool meeting these people? Um, oh, come, come back home, the, the woman keeps me level, so she does. I <laughs> know <laughs> um, it's, 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 it's great to meet them people, but at the end of the day, they're only people as well. They're, 
they're like me or you saying yeah. they're just normal people and they, they like to be treated like normal people uh, can't really be going around with a chip on your shoulder these days 100% um, any any input on uh, Cheltenham coming up there will obviously be no fans there or um, how are you set for that or what's your thoughts on it yeah, look at it. It'd be great. Uh, it'd be great to get over there and have a few rides over there. Um, I'm not sure what setup uh, is in involved yet, or what precautions are going to be in place. But look at um, once we're over there in one piece. Um, there's there's a few months between now and then. So once I'm over there in one piece and I have a few rides on the day, uh, I'll I'll be happy with that. Horse racing, I say this is the first time ever there hasn't been people at, at the races. Um, what, what's that like? Does it take the pressure away or is, is it weird riding without people cheering you on? Yeah, it's very weird. It's nice to come in after riding a winner and being cheered on. But look, at, um, it's great to be there. Look, at, there's a lot of people out of jobs this weather. So look, at, we're very lucky to be in the position that I can go racing every day and I can go riding out every day. Uh, I don't know what I'd do. I'd be lost without it. Um, so look, at I'm, I'm very fortunate to be able to go to work every day and, and obviously being able to earn a few quid. 100%. Donna, Donna, you were saying earlier before the podcast that you're uh, freelance now. How does that work for you? Just every day, a different phone call or how are you training? How are you managing that? Yeah, I'm somewhere different every day. I enjoy it. I'm not stuck in the same yard seeing the same people every day but I'm visiting different yards getting to ride different horses and uh, it's been going well so far I'm having a pretty good season I'm on t- numbers wise I'm on tally for, for my best season so far so hopefully I can stay injury free and uh, as I said already throw me, throw me leg around a nice horse mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just speaking off yards there what makes a good yard what, what keeps like the best yards what is there a different mentality at those yards um yeah i suppose um the people that's in it uh you have to have good staff number one the the grooms and from from, from people mucking out you have to have a good positive mentality and uh i i i'd be in joseph's a, a little bit and uh everyone in there is very positive and they have good riders there. They have good, very good staff, and uh, from from the very top to the very bottom, um, they have good people. So I suppose that that has a lot to do with it. Donna, coming into the changing room as a young jockey and meet and seeing some of the top jockeys that you probably looked up to on your on your transcending into a a jockey from a, a young apprentice. What's it like being in the same changing room as them as, as such a young jockey? Yeah, unbelievable. I remember um, where Punchestown, um, I used to sit alongside Barry Garrity when I was young lad and that was just unbelievable. And I'm good friends with Davy Russell now. He he keeps me uh, keeps me grounded and he gives me a lot of advice along the way. So like he was he was my uh, he's he's a person that I always aspired to be and now yeah. he's one of my friends. It's just surreal, really, you know. Um, but. Obviously, it's it's unbelievable um, to be in in that kind of company. Unreal. Um, obviously, I, I love uh, watching Davy as well myself. And um, it's unreal, what, isn't it? So good. Um, just what what kind of things would you pick up from Davy, or what tips would he give you? 
Um, sure, watching them riding every day is just like poetry in motion. But, um, you know, just even the way he talks to people is 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 a lot. Um, he he has plenty of jobs on the go. He has he keeps a lot of people happy, a lot of owners happy. So, um, and just to talk to him, just even if you're talking to him about hurling or whatever it might be. Ireland. But it, yeah, he's just a really nice nice guy and he's a real family guy and he's just a really nice person to talk to. How how close knit is the Irish connection when you all go to Cheltenham? Um yeah, look at obviously there's camaraderie there, but um we're basically all a all a big family inside in the way room and uh, everyone is really tight tight knitted together. So um yeah, we're we're all very close. Uh, Jackie, uh, just one question here, um, Donna. What advice would you have to anyone who may be struggling mentally but afraid to get those first words out? Yeah, I suppose from my own personal experience, I lost my best friend in in twenty eighteen, Bob. So uh, I know firsthand what it's like and to lose someone, to care about someone so much, and um, look at I do anything to turn back time and just ask him a few questions, uh, how he feels today, or um just getting to open up to me so i suppose my advice to be talk to your friends and family and although it's a cliche a problem shared is a problem half you know 100 and even conversations like this is it's, it's only words like it's not difficult to get speaking donna obviously after losing your friend bob in 2018 how did you cope or how did you respond to it at the time um yeah I uh I dealt with it very badly, I suppose. I didn't probably talk to enough people about it. And um probably yeah, probably I was stuck in a rut for a while, but uh eventually I started to open up about it and I feel a lot better for doing so. Well what was the change that made you say, right, I need to start talking? Was it did it just become too much? Uh yeah, it got tough, I suppose. Yeah. It, it racing, I wasn't enjoying it. I wasn't going wasn't enjoying going riding out and I suppose a lot of them kind of things just build up in the end and I just kind of saw myself that something needed to change and um yeah, I suppose my girlfriend helped me in a lot of the way, uh got me to open up about things that I never never would have opened up about before mm-hmm. and uh kind of started to talk to me about it and I felt it uh yeah, it was it helped in in a big way. Did it take a weight off your shoulders? Oh, definitely, yeah, definitely. Um, just even to talk about stupid things, uh, you know, uh, it's just a big help. Uh, Donna, you were speaking earlier about like how well the infrastructure is within horse racing, like the Century Sports Clinic, and just for the physical aspect of it. But is there infrastructure within horse racing for the mental side of it? Like counselling and things like this. Uh, yeah, there is, there is, um, and there's, there's, there's that, and also like where, as I said already, there's, um, I know where we're um, athletes and we compete against each other every day, but um, it's a, it's a big family in the way room, and even in the racing community, it's a, it's a big, uh, big community, and that's a help when, when everyone's a big family and when everyone knits together. I suppose it's easy, easy to talk about things that you, that you wouldn't talk to a stranger. I suppose. What, what infrastructure is there within horse racing for it? Is there? accessibility to counsellors or how it's how is it set up 
yeah, there's look at Dr. Jennifer Pugh. She she's kind of the go-to woman, as I said already. She'd bend over backwards to you and for you, and um, everyone kind of talks to her. And um, thank God I I haven't I haven't um, had any problems like that, Shane. But yeah. uh, there is there is aspects to that, and she she uh, she she'd put you down the right right road. Understand. It sounds like there's good camaraderie within the Wayne rooms, Donna. Definitely, yeah. I suppose uh, things get heated sometimes, but uh, it's it's good fun in there, and uh, they wouldn't be short in a joke in there either. Good at cracking there, so uh, no, it's I'd be delighted going racing every day and and seeing my friends, and even in these times when uh, when you have to be distant, but uh, it's great going racing and seeing your friends every day. How how have you coped with COVID in horse racing? How has it been for you? Yeah, look at everyone's doing a great job. Uh, we wear masks and uh, I suppose it's a little bit different. You can't get showered and you can't be in the changing rooms for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to go to your cars during racing. But look at everyone's working hard on what they do and, and that's why horse racing is still going ahead. We we worked for the jockeys and the staff and everyone to do with racing work very hard and uh, we're reaping the awards for it now while, while it's still going. No, it's not. It's nice to see you still going ahead. Are you able to ride in England still? Uh, not, not yet. Not yet in in this lockdown. Um, I know we were allowed to go over for graded races and that, but um, when when the numbers went so so high in previous weeks, uh, I think that stopped. But um, look at hopefully everyone's doing a good job and the numbers are coming back slowly but surely and uh, hopefully it won't be too far till we can back can go back over what is there a difference from riding in ireland to england which do you prefer oh i i prefer ireland um i don't think i'd have the bottle over there they go very fast early on and it uh, wouldn't suit my style of riding i like to take me time in that but uh um no, I love I love racing in Ireland and I love the people in the industry in Ireland. It's uh, I've built up good connections, so uh, it'd be hard to leave that behind me to go to England. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah, Donna, thanks very much for taking your time out to come on. Um, I really enjoyed everything you had to say. Yeah, thanks very much, Shane. Uh, and I uh, hope your podcast goes well. <laughs> me too. <laughs> thanks, Donna. Thanks, Shane. Cheers.